everybody. Welcome back to Behind the Record, the podcast about making music. Now, the topic I chose for today's episode is going to be microphones, um, and specifically microphones involved in commercial music. Um, so either performing or recording. Um, and I, I didn't choose microphones because there's anything mind-blowing about them themselves, um, but I think they're a good illustration of the range of choices you get when making music and how complex it can really get. Um, so microphones are the fundamental tools for creating commercial music, obviously because you have to record something. Um, now Nowadays, uh, with all the digital technology, you technically don't need a microphone to make music. We have synthesizers. Um, you can digitally generate audio, um, or you can use samples that you pull online or from loop libraries or whatever. So technically speaking, I can make a song entirely inside my computer. Um, but you do need a microphone to record any noise being made in the real world, um, and that is fundamental to making original music. That's where you get originality. Uh, for the most part, pros aren't using pre-made loops when they're making music, uh, and they're not relying entirely on synthesizers to create sound for them. They're recording live instruments and vocals that can't be found elsewhere um, and modifying them in certain ways to get the sound they want. So recording gives a song authenticity in a sense, I would say. Um, a lot of the sounds you're hearing, um, even in dubstep or electronic music, are just normal recorded sounds that have been heavily modified with effects. Uh, so you can think about Justin Bieber and Skrillex's hit song, Where You Now. That was popular a couple years back, um, but I'm sure you know that one. Um, and part of the chorus in that song is this really synthy sound that you would not think that that was recorded. You'd think this is digitally made in a computer. Um, and I'm going to play it for you right now so you can remember what that sound is. Where are you now that I need you? So that was actually made from Bieber's recorded vocals and Skrillex pitch shifted it, he sped it up, uh, he modified it in probably a bunch of other ways that I don't know, only Skrillex knows, but the fact is he needed a mic because it was recorded. So back to microphones. Um, as I said, they're the fundamental tools of music. Every legitimate artist needs at least one. Pros have a selection to choose from. Um, now, I'm not going to be talking about the science behind them, how they actually function. Um, that's not something I want to try to explain. It's pretty complex, and I'm sure it's not something you want to hear either. Um, and we also won't be doing a history lesson on microphones today. I will say that they have their origins in the mid-19th century. Uh, they made commercial music as we know it possible, and microphones have been used to record music since the very first known recorded song, which was in 1860. Um, by the way, if you want to know more about this first ever recorded song, I'm going to include a link uh, in the episode description that you can follow for more information. Uh, the quality of that first recording is actually really bad, but you got to start somewhere. Um, so another thing to keep in mind is that microphones haven't changed a whole lot. Uh, there are always improvements being made, there's always new models coming out, but fundamentally they function in the same way they always have. You can think about the Shure SM58, which is the most popular microphone today for live performances, and that was invented in 1966. 
So, no science and no history, or at least not much of it. Um, what I really want to talk about is the kinds of microphones available today and how they are used throughout the recording process. So my kind of my goal of this episode uh, is to give you a sense of how hard it really is to make good music, um, how hard it is to use microphones correctly, how much talent it takes, um, and just kind of give you appreciation for the complexity, but also the creative freedom that you get when you are making music today. Uh, it's definitely not simply a matter of plugging a microphone in, standing in front of it, and singing your heart out. It's A lot more goes into it than that. Let's get started then. So when we're talking about microphones, we're really talking about a class of tools in the same way that you might think of something like writing instruments. All writing instruments are for writing, just like all microphones are for recording, but there are different kinds of each for different tasks. And just like you choose what to write with for the task at hand, you choose what mic to use based on what you're recording. So you wouldn't pick up a highlighter to write an essay, for example, and you wouldn't sing into a microphone that is built to record drums. Although there are exceptions to this, and I will talk about that. For now, here's what you need to know. There are two main varieties of mics used in commercial music, um, and those are dynamic mics and condenser mics. What makes them different is something called a transducer principle, uh, which is just fancy talk for how they convert sound into an audio signal. Now I know I said I wasn't going to talk science, so just know that condenser microphones work through vibrating plates and dynamic microphones work through electromagnetic induction. You can google that one, I'm not even going to try. Also know that I'm simplifying this a lot. There are varieties of condenser and dynamic mics and they all function slightly differently. Um, and also, there are microphone types that function completely differently. They're in their own class. Uh, ribbon mics, for instance, use magnetism to convert sound to an audio signal, and you could easily spend five grand on one if you wanted. We're going to stick to our two kinds, though, dynamic and condenser. Dynamic mics are known for their durability, um, and they don't require an external power source, which makes them perfect for live performances. So I used to be a DJ pretty recently, and when I was DJing weddings and running karaoke at bars, I would use a dynamic mic. Um, it was easy to set up, they're relatively cheap, and if a drunk person dropped it, it wasn't a big deal, it would still work. It might be dented, but it'll still work. Um, so if you've ever been to a live concert, the performer there would be using a dynamic microphone. Condenser mics, on the other hand, are what you'll find in recording studios. Um, I'm actually speaking into a condenser mic right now. And these are the mics that you want to use if you want super high quality audio recording. Um, they do require an external power source, something called phantom power. Uh, they're typically more expensive than dynamic mics and they are not made to be durable at all. Dropping a condenser mic will ruin your day, I promise. So there are hundreds of dynamic and condenser mics to choose from and each model is made for a specific purpose. There are microphones designed to record vocals, there are ones specifically made to record bass guitar, there are even mics made to record two people speaking at once, which could be really good for a podcast if you have a guest on or you have two hosts, for example. What makes these different kinds of mics different is two things. First thing is the frequency response, Second thing is the pickup pattern, um, otherwise known as the polar pattern. 
So if you listen to the last episode of Behind the Record, you might know that a frequency response is how well or how poorly a microphone picks up certain frequencies of sound measured in hertz. Um, a microphone designed for vocals might not pick up low frequencies very well because low frequencies aren't as important when you're singing as they are for like a drum or like a bass guitar. Um, now, when we're talking about pickup pattern, that's a little different. So a mic's pickup pattern describes how well it picks up sound in general from certain directions around the microphone. So that mic I was talking about that was made to record two people speaking at once, that's going to have a pickup pattern that looks like the number eight. So the front and back of the mic will pick up sound well, but the sides won't really so much. Um, and there's a bunch of different types of pickup patterns with confusing names. Uh, you have cardio cardioid mics, excuse me, which are sensitive in the front but not the back. You have low bar mics, which pick up sound in a single very narrow direction if you have one audio source. And you have omnidirectional mics, which pick up sound equally well from all directions. Uh, and there's a bunch more kinds. No need to know them, no need to go into them, but know they exist. So all the different frequency responses and pickup patterns available on commercial mics today, I think really allow you to tailor your sound exactly how you want it, and that's really exciting. Keep in mind though that the functional rules of microphones are made to be broken. Just like any other profession, rules are made to be broken. I could easily use a dynamic mic to record in a studio, or I could use a vocal condenser to record a guitar if I really wanted, it would still sound pretty good. Uh, it's more about knowing which microphone is going to give you the sound you want and having the ability to put it in the right spot. And that is a nice segue for something I want to briefly touch on, and that is mic placement. Okay, so mic placement is a ridiculously underrated step in the whole process of making music. When people first start learning to create music, um, often they struggle to grasp the importance of placing and recording into a mic effectively, um, and that includes me. Definitely was the case with me when I started. Um, I really had a lot more focus on the mixing part, doing stuff on the computer, and I didn't really give a second thought to actually getting the sound in the computer, but it's really probably the most important part of the entire process of creating music. It's so fundamental. Um, so when you're thinking about how to place a mic, you have to think about what's in the room, how will it affect the way the mic picks up sound, what distance should an artist or instrument be from the mic, what mic should I be using that's gonna give me the sound that I want, and a bunch of other factors. And if you don't use a mic correctly, you're gonna get a mediocre recording, and I can promise you from personal experience, no amount of mixing on your computer is going to fix that. If you're thinking microphones seem complicated, I'd say you're absolutely right. And they're only one part of a much bigger process of producing commercial music. Making music, it's one of those things that seems easy until you try it for yourself. And I'm again, I'm speaking from personal experience here. If you wanna get any part of the process right, microphone placement included, you're gonna have to try and fail and fail and fail again. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, the complexity and difficulty of creating music, to me, it's actually really exciting because it means we have the tools to produce basically anything we can imagine, and it also means there's unlimited room for improvement. The songs that you hear on the radio, the top 40 hits, 
Those are the work of numerous people, producers, writers, artists, audio engineers, with countless years of experience. They've learned which mics to choose and where to put them, and that's something you can do too if you invest the time and a little bit of money. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Thanks for joining me on Behind the Record. Um, And make sure you check back next week to learn something new about making music. See you later.